0: It's like, everyone's doing seltzers and we're like, all right, fine. We'll do a seltzer, but we're going to use real fruit purees and we're going to make it like a mimosa. We call it a smoothie style seltzer, nope. which like, yeah, tongue in cheek. We're like, we're making a smoothie style seltzer and we'll see how it goes. Number one requested back product. Like people freaked out about it. We got a good two, three dozen phone calls the week after it has gone. I was like, when's it coming back? Yeah. You have to brew this again. Um, it's still our fastest selling product. Well, it's our number one seller in our tap room and has been pretty much since garden party, 2020, 30, 40% above second place. So it's that, like a high first place hilarious. and it's just like not going anywhere. Yeah.
1: Leo here, your host of the building, Billion podcast. And thanks for stopping by the studio pour a glass of whiskey or local beer, take a sip, kick those feet up. We're going to dive into what it means to be a business owner, what it means to be a member of this Bellingham and Whatcom County community, and what it means to find peace and balance while running a badass, high-octane, local, iconic business. Let's jump in. Cheers. Jason, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Um, for those of you that are listening, Jason Harper uh, the co-owner, you own this with your wife.
0: We, yep, we all uh, own it together.
1: So Stemma Brewing here in Bellingham, and you're located just right off of Iowa Street. There, um, really unique, cool location.
0: Thank you. Yeah, uh, according, <laughs> yeah, yeah according to our most recent uh, Google, re- Google review, it's a yeah. terrible location.
1: Oh, so I'm just you should that change out it because one person said something. I, yeah,
0: so it's no longer a good location, terrible location. Oh, oh was it? It's by the freeway.
1: Was so. it inconvenient, or was it because the freeway noise was? I don't know. All they said was good beer, terrible location. They can just buy it online now, right? Or they can they can just order it, right. it in another store. Yeah, you'll still. Support the business, right? I, I love the location.
0: Yeah, I, uh, so do I. Yeah, yeah, it's right off the freeway. It's yeah. the local shortcut to hardware sales. Yep, we have a freeway sign, which is sweet. I see it every time I drive home. Yep, from north.
1: Yeah, and it's got a kitty on it. First of all, let's dive yeah. into the, the the cat. Okay, because you and I like when we first met, we met through Jesse Nelson, uh, Overflow Taps. Absolutely. He said you got to got to meet Jason, and we started. T- you and I talked. We got talking about this whole this whole cat and branding and what did that like where did the cat come from and why are there cats at the brewery
0: yep absolutely uh so stemma the word it's a latin term for a written family genealogy Mm -hmm. it took us a long time to come up with the name but we knew we wanted a name that kind of embodied family culture values kim and i started the business My mom and dad moved up from Portland to help us run it. My kids are six and four and they're running around, they're involved. And so it's very much, and our staff are like family to us. So we wanted this family brand and we were like, okay, that's for us, we've always had cats. So having a cat as part of uh, the logo is important to us. Also, I feel like just a branding it's really nice to have an icon that's separate to your name yeah. um, as a branding uh, piece. And so you have this standalone, it doesn't say Stemma, but at this point, you know, anyone in the beer world in Bellingham should know that cat and they should see it and go yeah. "That's Stemma yeah. same. I mean, Aslan does a really good job with the lion. The lion yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of the long answer to why we have a cat. And then we've had cats at the brewery. Yeah. We don't have any right now. Um, they are challenging with friendly cats and keeping them where we want them and not going over and And running on the the bar. Yeah, and the dogs. And yeah, um, Yeah. but we love them in the in the warehouse. And we've been working with the Walkham Humane Society with what they call the feral cat program, Mm -hmm. where they actually place feral cats um, as um, like pest control in the warehouse. Um, And that we've had a couple some success, some not, they tend to want to run away but yeah. we're trying our best with that. Stay here. You're like, there's come on, I'm, everywhere. yeah, I'm feeding you. It's yeah, good. Like,
1: they're inside the place. You don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> you don't have to hunt besides here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, unfortunately that's part of being in a warehouse environment and, and having grain around, but we uh, do our best to mitigate that.
1: Yeah. Cats help. Yeah. yeah. Love yep. it. You said something that's really interesting for our listeners and, and for other business owners. There's this like interesting pairing of a visual image on a brand and then the, the name and what it represents. Yeah. How like how do you how did you decide to separate those things? Like what was the importance of the the, the face of the cat and then the name and then having you know the stylus and all all of that? What's the importance of that when you're establishing a brand?
0: I mean I think you want something to go beyond just the name because I think that helps people connect to the brand. I think it helps it stand alone more. You know, for us, when we're looking at, we have a very specific color scheme and we're really, we work on making those colors really well known and out there and everything we do, we try to stay in this kind of color scheme. And then we're particular about our font. We have a, you know, a certain font that we only use for some of stuff. And then we have our, you know, our name brand and our cats. And It's not Times New Roman, is it? No. Okay. Not just Times New just Roman. wanted to no, say. No. So. Yeah. That would be nice. Maybe, Maybe a typewriter. Aria. Yeah. Well, sans serif. Like a jokester. That was a good one. (laughs) Uh, ransom. was a ransom font. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, And then the cat is just nice. Having that standalone brand is really, or that standalone icon is nice. I looked at a lot of brands I really respected and loved, and every single one had some sort of standalone icon. You know, you think of New Belgium, and you just think of a fat tire bike, you know, and you... Orval is a Trappist monastery brewery in Belgium and Mm -hmm. they have this like jumping fish and it's like iconic and I think that stands those images last longer than a name they stick out in your mind more.
1: Right. the good. name is spoken, and the and the obviously that the image is is internalized. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you started about nine months before COVID hit, mm-hmm. um, and you started this business with your wife. Uh-huh. And you guys said, "We can do this together." I don't know if my wife would tolerate working with me, but I so I have a lot of respect for, you for doing <laughs> that for jumping into that. But yeah. tell me about the conversations around leading up to this. You had been in the distribution, the beverage distribution world, right? Yep. Tell me a little bit about that path, and then the conversation that led to let's let's do this.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially if you weren't close to us and just kind of outside looking in, it seemed like we sort of popped up. Um, And there was a a quote I heard at some point, I think it was on a billboard and I love it's every uh, overnight success is years in the making. And I think that is our story of, you know, it looks like we just popped up and here we are. But Kim and I have been talking about it for close to 10 years by the time we opened the doors. And we're seriously planning it for, you know, five or six of those years and just talking about it for the other. So it was very much the original, Business plan was written in 2011 um, on Western's campus Mm -hmm. for one of my. I was an entrepreneur finance class. One of the 400 level business classes was writing a business plan. So I had a partner for that, and we wrote it on starting a brewery. And at the time, we called it Fanbelt Brewery for car car related sort of thing. And then, I mean, honestly, the the bones of that business plan is what we used first Emma there there was a lot of really good um uh of meat there and and then we sat on that I I was graduating in 2011 going I'm starting a brewery and this was at the time it was Boundary Bay and Chucknut yeah uh Kulshin opened either ended at 11 or early 2012 so right Coltion mm-hmm. was in planning but we wanted to do it. And my wife, or soon to be wife at that time, she reminded me we had really no money and no experience. Yeah. She is much smarter than me. That's yeah. part of why we work well together. Yeah. You got the, um, the
1: friendly reminder. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's like, uh, it's not going to really work. So that's where... I was working at starbucks at the time but um ended up connecting through writing that business plan with dickerson distributors locally yep. about eight months after graduation they hired me on as a salesperson.
1: yeah what did sales for a, you know a, a beverage distributor look like totally
0: um well first off as a 22 year old going to sales like that was an awesome opportunity yep. that doesn't happen very often i think a lot of it was my passion. I think that got me there. It's like, yep. Hey, we know this guy really enjoys the industry and is like yep. ready to work. So that was a cool opportunity to be given where we were, I was originally in Skagit County, but I was have anywhere between 16 and 20 some accounts every day yep. between grocery store, restaurants and convenience. And that,
1: that's and all in Skagit County.
0: Yeah. Okay. Dickerson's all in Skagit. I was doing specifically Skagit when I first started. Mm-hmm. And then I had a couple routes. I ended up finishing up in Bellingham, but so I would leave the house at 7am and go to a convenience store and check back stock right in an order and you know at the time i was selling rockstar was a big brand and then also Four loco yeah, and, then, and drink, then like four, a bunch day. of craft yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and then just, a bunch of craft beer and like you, need a, stuff. you need a quarter of your day out with four locos yeah totally that important. helps yeah. yeah and then with rockstar yeah. since they took the caffeine away just yeah. adding the rockstar exactly <laughs> yes. Yes. but uh yeah so i was doing sales and you just pop around count to count. The sweet thing about being in distribution and in sales is you're walking into a restaurant and you're going into the kitchen and you're talking to the cook about how their day's going. And then you talk to the buyer and they talk about beer for 20 minutes and you sell them some kegs. And by the time I did eight years of that between the different routes, I knew a couple hundred business owners around the area. um, And I knew like what beers were selling and what didn't and how they were running businesses. and. There's a really cool insight. I mean, similar to what you're doing here, right? Yeah. you meet with people and you gather info. I was able to gather all this info from all these other bars, restaurants, convenience stores,
1: like crash course, MBA, right? Yep. Here. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah,
0: that's the best way to learn. Yeah. And then also on, you know, I was selling for brands like Rubens and frame and, you know, 21st amendment and over the course of working there, We'd get the opportunity to go visit the breweries and do behind the scenes tours and an you probably
1: you probably hated getting that inside scoop and going on these tours and free beer and all <laughs> yeah. this stuff no yeah it, brutal yeah, yeah
0: it's pretty awesome yeah yeah when people complain about it you know they're in the wrong industry it's uh it's really fun
1: from what i understand about the distribution world it's it's got this chokehold it's like a very like it's a bottleneck right mm-hmm. of you know maybe one or two or three different local or regional or national distributors, yep. right? So you're, you're you're going through this sales position. You're having, uh, sounds like a great time. Yep. And you're starting to learn more and more about this, the way this industry works. Like what were some of the pain points you saw for breweries? Maybe this idea is still cooking in your mind and you're yep. going, oh, wow, this is tougher than I thought it would be. Or, yep. or maybe you're, you're looking at it and going, oh, I see a clear path. I, I see the route. What, what was going through your mind as a salesperson at, wow, 22?
0: Now having that background in distribution has... Has been really helpful and it has allowed me to sort of know the good and the bad and how you navigate. Cause I do think distribution for most breweries is a really abstract concept and, and not, there's not a ton of education around it. I mean, a lot of breweries start out and they're like, I'm going to brew beer and they either come from home brewing or they're brewing somewhere else. And they really, most brewers start as breweries start as I can brew good beer. Yeah. And they don't the artist, really right? yeah, yeah. Yep. And that's, yeah. you know, a, that's a great spot to be at, but they don't understand necessarily the sales side of it. And they don't understand the distribution piece, which at the end of the day, you know, you have to sell the beer. So um, you know, I would argue it's almost better to come from the opposite angle of like, hey, if you can sell it, let's figure out how to make it. Backfield good. Um, yep. Yeah. And um that can be hard too. There's challenges, but mm-hmm. I so it definitely seeing the inner workings of distribution, understanding good, bad, and the ugly. Cause it is, Is I mean, it's an industry and there's it can be it's very relationship based. Mm-hmm. And so you're up against um, you know, trying to get in somewhere and they're like, Well, you know, I buy from this person or yeah. I do this and that's all good, but it's like figuring out how to navigate those yeah. challenges and and still sell beer because it's not as simple as just like, Hey, you like my beer? Like, let's bring it in. Because there's lots of beer. There's a lot of good beer. A lot of good beer. There's also just like the logistics, right? Like, okay, I really like your beer. I want to sell it, but I don't really want to add like another person delivering. And I can only take deliveries X amount of days. And I normally and so it's just like, don't fix it. Like yeah, all are, that logistics it. make yeah. it really hard. Yeah. And so that's where knowing, you know, the different distribution relationships and knowing who works with who is is helpful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you do this for he said 7 years?
0: Yeah, just just under 8. It was like 7 years 10 months or something how many
1: months yeah. how many months is that like if we're talking yeah. like sorry. babies yeah that's right how many I'm ready, for oh, baby, sorry, you're like, ready. How many that's months? right yeah that's
0: yeah. way yeah. past the time you would use months yeah yeah yeah, yeah. nice months. Months. Good, good math yeah good, good, good quick math. if you're I'm still over, after I'm, two I'm, you can't do months you can't get like 26 I'm, months that's, no, no, no not for no,
1: babies no they're three and a half Then they have to like say that they're older than they are right yeah because that's the cool thing is like i'm three and a half
0: right oh yeah you always go to that round up the half though you have to do that at a certain yeah. point you yeah. got it you can fudge
1: it a little bit you can be like three and a quarter and say you're three and a half yeah. and that's that's, all good. that's why
0: i say eight because yeah. seven
1: years doesn't sound as good no nah, so seven years is just under just eight not, it's just not reputable not seven mm-hmm. years no no it's okay so you're you're seven years in or tell me a little bit about the progression like what you were learning what where your mind was yeah. uh, this this business idea this this business plan had been written then you go into this industry yep. and this is like crash course, amazing learning opportunity. Absolutely. And obviously the, the thing's still brewing, if you will, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah, good. That was corny. I'm working uh, on my dad jokes. I'll drink <laughs> to that. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, yeah For us <sighs>
0: in my interview, getting hired at Dickerson, I told them my long term goal is I wanted to start a brewery. So I mean, that was always long term goal, always brewing. I would say probably three or four years in, I loved working there. And at that point, I think I didn't totally abandon, but I was like, ah, I'm probably here long term. Yeah. Like, this is a really cool opportunity. I'm really enjoying what I do. And then I started training the Dickerson crew on beer education. Mm. And while doing that, I was continuing my own beer education through a program called Cicerone. Oh, so I've Cic- heard of it. yeah, yeah. cicerone.org. It's the sommelier. Or it's the rebuttal to the sommelier program. Yep. So sommelier is for wine is yep. Cicerone to beer. And so they have at the time it was a three level program. It's now four levels. And so So I got the certified beer server, which is an online 60 question exam basically just make sure you know the gist of beer and beer styles and then
1: 60 out of 60.
0: No, I don't think, <laughs> I don't know, 54 maybe. Someday. Oh I man, you not six success, questions, six, I Come know. On. That's, that's it. You know, I'm more about passing. I don't really, <laughs> as long as you're passing. You have and higher th- standards than I do, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I ran a five-week course with our salespeople at Dickerson um, on beer styles and mm-hmm. beer tasting and off flavors. And, and it's really beneficial if distributors are well-known in that um, because they can go and sell to accounts and really just talk about flavor profiles. And, yep. and then I ended up going with one other guy from Dickerson and we took the certified Cicerone exam, which is a three hour, basically SAT style exam. So in person, uh, written exam with tasting. And, uh, we both passed that, which out of the, I think there's 24, 25 people that took that. There was only, I think six that passed wow. and we are two. It's a tight uh, filter. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's our heart exam. Yeah. Um, and so that was awesome. And then from there, I, The next level's master cicerone and um at the time it was a lottery to get to take that exam i put my name in and didn't hear back and then someone dropped out and i got like a phone call like hey if you want to take it's in six months from now and you have a spot you know and it's an expensive exam and so i was able to get that you know ticket to take that um so i took that in 2015 and didn't pass it Mm. um i got i think a 73 85 is passing. How how does that
1: feel, though? I mean, for someone that has high standards and is pretty meticulous in yeah. the work that you do, you know, it's evident with all yeah. all, of the, all that you've created. What is that like to, to fail?
0: Well, I mean, I was stoked to the 73. That exam's <laughs> Me too. absolutely brutal. Yeah, There's, yeah. I mean, at the time there was 12 people in the world that held the certificate um, and there'd been, you know, two or 300 that have taken it. So the pass rate was, was really low. Yeah. And so I was stoked just to have an opportunity to sit for it and study for it. Yeah, Because um, the way I work, I'm motivated by time crunches and mm-hmm. you know Me that too. test was yeah. helpful to like okay I know I'm gonna I can study now so I learned a lot just through the process it's a two day I wrote handwritten probably 60 pages between the two days yeah. and you know there was a lot of one-on-one like this where you're talking about beer and I wasn't surprised when I didn't pass as I should say but it was a cool opportunity and then they right while I was taking that they were introducing a new level called advanced Cicerone which is now the three out of four and so I ended up going back in 2018 and taking the advanced
1: so that's, that's like right between the, the, so there's a certified Cicerone, Cicerone right. and master. So it's right in between okay, cool. certified yeah. advanced master.
0: And, um, it's essentially the same as the master exam, but it's one day instead of two. And then it's an 80% pass instead of an 85. Yeah. So it's really the same knowledge you need to know. You just needed to know it slightly less, you know, degree in an 80% and 85 yeah. pass. And then there's just a little less that they, it's less brutal because it's one yeah. day. Yeah, it's, it's still totally brutal, good. but it's, uh, so I end up the exams in Chicago I flew out to Chicago and took that in 2018 and passed it and that was when Kim you know shortly after we got the results back for that Kim was like so we start in a brewery now and so yeah yeah, it was like I think that was what Kim needed to feel comfortable you know because I from the beginning was like I can make it work you know I'm pretty scrappy and like let's just do it and then it's like she was like okay now there's like we have this solid education we have good um, experience and then financially we are at a better spot where we get big money from the bank.
1: So, so yeah, tell me about that. So, you, you, you now have this education. You have your, your wife's approval. She's like, you're, we, are, you have got, you've gotten the, the certification. You're good to go. She felt more comfortable in, in saying like putting her, you know, her weight behind it as well. Right. 100%. So, tell me about like this whole experience. Have you, had you ever gone to the bank to get a business loan? Had, like, tell me about this.
0: Well, you know, we had bought in a house. So, we did like, yeah, please. Um, we'd done a mortgage there, but very much different when you have to go in and pitch a business plan and, Talking about Kim really quick, my wife Kim. Um, she, meanwhile, as I'm doing uh, beer distribution, she is um, working for People's Bank here in town mm-hmm. and, and in finance. So she at that time was a certified financial planner, yep. or nope, that's not right. She never got her CFP, but she's a financial advisor for oh, them. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So she's getting really a lot of the banking experience and a lot of business admin experience there. And so it was nice when we started looking at loans, she knew the ins and outs of banks a bit and knew like, okay, yeah. Which banks are we going to talk to? And with a business loan like ours, you know, really we're looking for a small business association yep. loan, yep. SBA loan. And there's really only certain banks in town that do it. And then you've got to have a bank that has a high risk tolerance. And yep. even with our relationships with people's there's they don't touch new businesses. It's yeah. just not what they do. So um, we ended up going to another bank locally and, um, and yeah, we ended up, I mean, we talked to a handful of people, but really seriously just with one bank and yeah. luckily they were able to finance us. And it was interesting because at every bank we talked to, their question was always, what other production brewing experience do you have? Mm-hmm. And I came from, I was an avid home brewer and I mm-hmm. homebrewed a ton and then I did beer sales, but I never commercially brewed I do think it was helpful. You know, I worked on cars as a kid and my dad was a mechanic. So I, I do think that piece, you know, they looked at and like, ah, oh, he's a mechanical, at least he's got yep. that mindset. But yeah, that was always a, a rebuttal. I had to kind of come across like, you know, I don't have, uh, I don't have brewing experience, but let's talk about the business experience and let's yep. talk about how I'm going to run a successful business. Cause like we mentioned earlier, I think that at the end of the day matters more. I think how you approach running a business and how you work the finances, you know, allows you to make the good beer because you can make amazing beer. And if you don't can't brand it and can't sell it. Yeah. um, Unfortunately, it's
1: not going to work. It's like the two Venn diagrams that have to cross. Yep. Yeah. At this point you are 27. Is that right? 28. 28. That That was 2018. Yeah, Yeah. 28. So you, you made this decision, you know, Kim gives you the, you know, Hey, we're doing this. Um, you, she had the experience on on the financial side of it. You go and you have a gap because you don't have any experience opening a business, which is always yep. such a funny, like like weird spin, right? Because how are you supposed to get experience? It's like, what's on your resume? You're like, yep. well, I don't have it yet, but here's the, how I'm going to do this. And like, I'm betting on me and yep. here's the systems I have in place. And here's what I'm going to do. How do you project that in a moment like that? When someone's like, what's your experience? How do you overcome that that type of question
0: we were able to just talk about experience at in the dist- distribution world and had the opportunity there after sales rolled into more of an operations role where i was doing some hiring and i was seeing the back end business side mm-hmm. so i was able to talk about that and managing people and and then also training you know, i think going through Cicerone and then training the sales staff at dickerson that was really good like resume builder for that yeah and proving that hey i can train a team and we can get people to these results and yeah and then i a finance degree and that's i love numbers and i Mm -hmm. love excel and i do like to think the business plan and how well presented it was helped at least on the financing piece because i was told they were shocked with how thorough the plan was which was personally the cat on the front yeah Yeah, there was a cat
1: just one page with a cat that's right that's all it was yeah yeah yeah
0: no i mean there's like 30 pages of excel financials and I, which i personally thought it could have been a lot better um <laughs> the bank was still shocked that a lot of people don't have that to show so i think it showed that we were thinking about it and ready a lot for of care it. and
1: intention in that. yeah the majority of where i drink your products is at your establishment and you probably have a really great group of of regulars Absolutely. And then you've got these like food trucks, which we'll get into that part too, which is really cool. Tell me a little bit more about like, what was your plan for, okay, we're going to do X percentage in in distribution and X percentage actually at the brewery.
0: So the original business plan, it starts out with most of it in-house. The first, you know, six months it's near a hundred percent in-house. And then, you know, as we worked out year two, year three, it starts kind of flipping where, you know, you're about 40, 50% in-house um, and then, you know, 50, 60% distribution. And we're roughly at that, like 40% in-house, 60% mm-hmm. distribution right now.
1: Is that like a, is that a good comfortable place to be, do yeah. you think? Or is that like, is that, is there still a push to be different? So, ratio?
0: I mean, as we grow, the growth is going to be in distribution. Yeah, yeah, You know, we do have some opportunity to grow in our tap room, and we still are. And right now, parking's like, an issue that we're we're trying to resolve a little bit and so we do have sort of a finite finite amount of people in space in that space and though we still can grow it we're getting close to that kind of max and then so if we want to keep volume moving if we want to keep growing it's going to go into distribution the dollars are are best when we sell it over our, our own counter and it's really best for the brand too because we have an opportunity to talk about it and be there. And and so we always want to sell as much as we can in house. Um, But then the model we do have is we do love distribution and we do find it's a really good branding opportunity too. right now we're just in Whatcom County, Whatcom Skagit, San Juan Island County. So still with everything sold within 50, 60 miles of here, we've noticed the more we're in the grocery store and the more we're in the bar down the street, more people are coming to our tap room because yeah. they go, what's Stemma? Like yeah. even, you know, we still run into people. Like, I didn't even know you were here. It's like three years, where you been? My but, sign
1: is like on the side of the freeway, yeah. <laughs> We put this up here so you can see us.
0: But I mean, yeah. people have their rhythms. And so I think if we get into their favorite bar and then they're like, ah, oh, maybe I should go check out their brewery. And so we do um, think that's a really good branding opportunity too. Um, and then as we grow, you know, we're done a little bit in Seattle and we're gonna probably grow into Seattle a bit, so.
1: So now being on this side, I've seen you, I've seen your, your van, your Sprinter. Yeah. Do you have multiple? No, just, just the one.
0: one. Yeah. I, it's my car. So it's your car. yeah, you're seeing it yeah. all over. Yeah. yeah you probably sleep in there too <laughs> yeah, after you totally. distribute all your beer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are you doing a lot of your local distribution right now? No. Or are you just, have you just handed that off to a, a company like yep. a Dickerson? Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. We've handed it all off to Dickerson. Yeah. It's interesting because I don't know. A lot of breweries end up going self-distributed. The yeah. laws allow it where you can distribute your own. And i think as a small brewery it's a it's a good way to get going especially if it's like ah this bar wants me i'll just roll a cake down there yeah. and because of the relationships we had it was like yeah. hey i've got 11 of my best friends selling beer for a local company like why wouldn't i go that route yeah. and so i think right away like our numbers with them i mean we hit a point where most breweries would hit in like five years in distribution and we hit that within like A year, um, and that's purely just based on relationships. I don't, I mean, I think you could do it too, but I mean, it was made a lot easier that we just had those relationships and we're a local brand and all those things really worked in our favor. Um, but that was a no-brainer to have them do it. You pay for that service, but at the end of the day, they're doing a really good job. So um. what they've
1: done is they've created this widespread audience, right? And it's just like any other types of advertising where you you realize that a Joe Rogan, which we're number two, right behind Joe Rogan, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Um, but 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 like somebody would go to that person because of. The audience, right? Yep. That's totally understandable. And you pay a price for that. And that's yep. how that person makes money. And yep. everybody shakes hands and hopefully that everything's equitable. And yep. so that's really cool that those, that relationship was there yep. and that fast tracked it.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. It made sense. I ultimately, I love making beer. I love running our tap room, but I don't want to be hit in the streets. And I think though it's an easy way to make a little extra money at the beginning i do think it can take the focus away of running the business and yeah. when you're you know throwing kegs in your van and running them down the street a couple times a day or yeah. however you do it I see a lot of self-distro models that way and it, it can really pull your attention so
1: it's interesting and it's really cool fascinating to see that you you like picked up on that really quickly this is what i want to do this is how i want to spend my time yep. i can tell you that i stumbled through how I wanted to spend my time and and until other people told me like, you're really good at this thing and you suck at these things. Don't do these things. You're fired. You know, from this, have you always been really clear on what you're good at? Or have you just, Uh, was it like a, a like an introspective moment? Like once the business started,
0: I think I was better at it at the beginning. And I feel like I'm at a point I'm trying to refigure that out. Yeah. I, Feel like i was really clear up front like okay we're gonna go this route and we're doing these things and now three years in i feel like i'm at a spot where i'm like okay I, there's stuff i need to give up and there's areas i'm involved in that i'm not good at and and so it's like figuring out okay who can i put in that role that will do better and and the juggle and then also ultimately what do i want to be doing yeah. Cause I do think that's the one, you know, nice thing about being an owner is you kind of have that opportunity to go, yeah. Hey, what am I good at? And what do I enjoy doing? And let's do it. Yeah. And so I'm still figuring that out as we grow. I'm putting on a lot of hats, um, that I can't always give away right away, but yeah. we're getting there.
1: So let's talk about that. Yeah. What are you good at? If other people, like <laughs> let's say your wife, she, if she were to describe what your strengths are, what yep. would those be?
0: Well, so that's, yeah, I'm, I'm an action person and can pretty much. Like if I'm told, hey, you need to do X thing, I can figure out how to do it. I'm really good at troubleshooting and I'm, I do end up doing a lot of like mechanical stuff because yeah. a lot of that is just troubleshooting. And if there's a problem, I can figure out how to fix it. Um, it may take me a while to get there. But so that's one thing like troubleshooting problems is, is a strong suit of mine. Yeah. I am struggling right now with just ma- people management. Yeah. I think that's definitely not a strong suit. I yeah. don't have patience for it sometimes. So that's something we're trying to figure out how to give more of that away and Kim's doing a lot of that, which is great. She's yeah. naturally better at it. So um, she's
1: you you you've had that conversation where you realize that you're like this is not what the part that I am good at.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And so yeah, I end up doing a lot of the project-based stuff. I think long-term that's a lot of where I'll be. But then we're also as we're growing, we're like, hey, we need to have someone that's really watching the books and watching the numbers and and i'm good at that as well i don't enjoy it as much and so it's like figuring out okay i need to be intentional about my time and that i'm focusing on that yeah but i don't know long term that's i'm I'm that that crossroads right now we like like do i want to be more head brewer brewery operations and really focus on that or do i want to roll more into where i'm hiring that out and i'm just running the business and more you know ceo type yeah. and uh we're kind of figuring that out still
1: yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's, let's just like rewind back to 2019. Okay. You're like, okay, in nine months, a pandemic's going to hit. Yeah. And we're going to start a business. That's right. the business plan perfect. is going to roll out. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you, you talked about the overnight success quote, which yep. I also love the tip of the iceberg. Yep. Metaphor, right? Let's talk about that time frame. Yep. The business plan is rolling. You've yep. got all of these gears turning. You've got the approval. You've got yeah. your, you know, your sister, sister, Cicero? Cicero, yeah. Cicero. Yep. Advanced um, Cicero. That's, the extent of my classiness right yeah, there. That's good. I just showed my colors. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, let's, let's talk about that time period leading yeah. up to COVID. And yeah. I don't re- usually like to talk about COVID because everybody we've talked about it, yep, beat totally. the dead horse, right? Yep. But it's, it's a big part of yeah. your story. Yep. Take me through that.
0: Our business model. I don't know if it shifted. I mean, obviously in ways it had to shift during COVID, but it accelerated what we were already going to do. So, I mean, we didn't, imagine going into 16 ounce cans until you're like two and we did it at nine months um we were focusing on our tap room in those early periods Mm -hmm. you know most of our distribution was in tap room we were just starting to do local distribution all kegs and really kegs are an easy way to sell beer they're always kept cold it's easy to distribute it's easy to package all those things so that was really our focus and that was our Like, hey we're gonna do this for this next year and then and you were doing the
1: distribution of the kegs
0: it was all it was dickerson i we signed with them right at the beginning yep pretty much right away i'm trying to think if i did really any self-distro i don't think so yeah i mean we weren't planning on canning until 2021 at the minimum and then COVID hit and so it's we just kind of took our business plan and we're like okay well let's kind of bring everything and focus everything on retail and to go and yep in ways it almost it caused us to grow faster than we were anticipating Mm -hmm. and that growth you know it was it's good it wasn't necessarily the direction of growth we were planning which always just takes a little bit to wrap your head around but it was still uh it allowed us to get into markets we weren't planning on and at the beginning it was just purely to survive but then come june july things start opening up again it's like oh okay now we've got cans and we're drafted starting to come back and our tap room is open outdoor only and it's like oh okay this is actually it's now it's another avenue of you know money stream yep. in some ways it helped us gr- make that growth faster than we would have but we still pretty much hit all our numbers on our business plan which is sweet it, was, um,
1: the, it turns out business plans help
0: yeah yeah it's nice to go yeah. back to them yeah yeah and use them as like an actual document instead of just putting them away and
1: I'm going to throw something, adaptive intelligence, Okay. the whole concept of adaptive intelligence. Let's say you're a business and you're established for 10 years. Do you think this like acceleration through COVID, because you guys are in this like Mm. the starting phase and everything was adaptable. Yep. Everything had to be adaptable. Do you feel like not being in business for 10 years prior to COVID helped? I do. I think being, and I don't know, I've
0: talked to people that are like, oh man, that would be brutal to be brand new. And, you know, so I think everyone kind of thinks it was easier on the other side. I personally think it was, it was nice to be young because we were already, you know, Kim and I were doing a bunch. We had a good bartending staff, but we had, we didn't know what tomorrow was looking like. We were yeah. just rolling with the punches, you know, or building the brand. And so when everything changed, it's like, well, okay, we're already kind of in change mode and let's figure this out. And, and the other benefit there is we didn't have much admin overhead, you know, as Kim and I, we didn't have marketing person. We didn't have a, you know, a salesperson. And so we didn't have all these people that all of a sudden were like, Oh, that's a lot of overhead. And we were able to just be flexible, yep. um, whereas I think a business is 10 years in, you know, the cog is a lot more established and there's a lot more pieces where I think it's harder to all of a sudden just go down to almost nothing, which we were kind of at nothing already. So it's a blessing uh, in yeah, yeah, totally. yeah totally. I think so. Um, but then in ways, you know, when you're more established, you might have a little more capital to you know, build off of and whatnot. But.
1: Like when you have more capital it also, and even more experience at that point, like it also makes it easier. Like you don't have to pull on as many parts of your life to like make an opportunity. Happen yep. to re- actualize an opportunity. But, anyways, that's yeah. I love the, the whole concept of adaptive intelligence and yep. just like sometimes the newness of something you're yep. just like, I don't, there's nothing behind I just have to go. Yep. Yeah. One thing I think COVID did for businesses is it figured out which
0: businesses could adapt and which ones were like willing to change. Cause, you know, I think you saw businesses, beer or not, you know, I've been around 10, 15, 20 years and you saw some that were adaptable and figured it out and were like, hey, like I think of Mac and Jack's, they yep. never once were in cans. They're like, well, we're canon now. Yeah. It's like no one would have thought they would have saw the day, but there was other examples of brands that were like, nope, we're just not changing. We're Gotta just going to, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, we're just going to shut down and we're going to w- ride it out. We're going to go down with the ship. Yeah. Whether or not that worked or not long-term for them. But I think you really saw which businesses could figure it out. And and I think ultimately it made those brands stronger. You know, the, yeah. the older brands that could, re event and refigured out. I think they're probably stoked at the end of the day that they sort of were forced to make some moves. I think
1: it's funny just the throwback to smack middle of COVID, COVID when you and Gary and mm-hmm. uh the guys over um at the uh Brewingham, yeah, uh, Dakota and Evan yep came on the, we did the pivot show. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is they're they're all in the middle of their what they're already doing. Gary's starting up was at the time 122 West. Yep. And Dakota and Evan we're like right in the middle of Birmingham, yeah, and just so interesting that we're now having this conversation about like how you adapted because that was like that moment.
0: Yeah, because I mean, when were when was that? Was that March, June? Okay. Yeah, I think we cool.
1: did. I was doing an episode a day. Yeah, live streamed on Facebook, and I was like, I even snapped my chair that I was in my home <laughs> office, like because I was leaning just, back. Yeah, on it. it got it like all the time. Yeah, and it was amazing experience, but I was really tired of talking about COVID by yeah. the end of that. Anyways, the whole point is that like, I, yep. I vividly remember our episode, which was that Zoom call, live stream on Facebook. And we had just met. You had the stem of flag behind yeah, you. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. we. I mean, at that point, we're all just figuring it out because yeah. every day was a new adventure
1: and yep, we were just trying to move beer and best we could. Let's talk about the horrible location this review Yeah, gave totally. So I like it. This apparently, according to the anonymous review. Which I'm calling you out on That's right. the radio. I hope well, you're we're listening. not on the radio, but. Derek. Hey, Derek. This is Leo hey. with the Building Billion Podcast, <laughs> and I'm talking directly to you, Derek. Hey. Derek. Hey, Derek. Derek. I think you should go back and on a sunny day, I'll That's even right. buy you a beer. Totally. And I think you should I'll just go like too. sit and just expect that there's gonna be freeway freeway noise yep. because it's conveniently located. Yeah. Near everything. I think including you should, the freeway. Yeah, you should go to hardware sales afterwards and then understand
0: the beauty. Or like either way, you get a beer first, then shop at hardware sales or hardware sales and then get a beer.
1: So okay, terrible location. Let's talk about the terrible location. So you have this idea, things are happening, you're obviously looking for a space. You need a space for production and for a tap room. It's interesting. So
0: breweries are considered light industrial businesses.
1: Sure. Um, all of else. I mean, yeah, I'm
0: gonna delivery gonna delay, I think. Yep. Um, so we're considered a light industrial business. Uh-oh. Yeah, that'll be good. Have you heard this one before? Yeah. uh, Can you explain it to me? (laughs) No. It's a BS. We're drinking Citrus Single Hop. It's a BF Citrus Single
1: Hop. Rotating Single Hop series. By the way, um, whoever did all of your design for your cans, I love the branding. It's so like this like retro, like Miami kind
0: of 80s. One thing I've I've learned recently, and anyone listening that knows art is going to laugh that I just recently realized this, but it's like it's called i think Bauhaus it's a german i might be saying that way wrong um but it's a under like the style of Bauhaus it's this very geometric line art and uh yeah we have some art in the brewery. That's similar. And, um, when we got into to canning, um, blind tiger designs helped us out. And then we now have an in-house branding guy
1: that's yep. been doing awesome. And,
0: and yeah, we love it. We feel like the cans, it's gotta be bright and fun and it's um, got a lot
1: of energy to it. And, yep. and I know like every time I walk in all of the different colors are mm-hmm. like, it's, it definitely is an uplifting energy. It's like uplifting and energetic. It's bright. Yeah, it's bright. Yeah.
0: We have yeah. a white ceiling, which might be the only brewery in town. Yeah. Um, yeah but but uh,
1: might i remind that this all of this bright fun it's energetic right. it's vibes is in a bad location
0: <laughs> i like this um no so let's talk about it so bad location so breweries have to we're light industrial businesses yep. and so we started initially just looking for buildings really not knowing we're again we're brand new and never started a business and we're like oh here you know we looked at this building on dupont street and we were seriously considering it like hey this is a perfect building used to have you know a manufacturing mm-hmm. business in it mm-hmm had roll up doors. It has all these things. We're looking for, you know, tall ceilings, roll up doors. We're looking for a natural front of house. We're making sure bathrooms make sense. You know, we're all these considerations. And so we're, we end up putting uh, an intent to lease down on the space. And then we, I'm like, okay, I better go chat with the city and just make sure figure out with them. And that's when I really was alerted that, Hey, you know, you're a light industrial business. Here's our zoning maps. And they go, that space is not zoned for light industrial. But it was an industrial building for 20 years. Like, yeah. well, it used to be zoned properly. Oh, uh, transition zoning? Yep. So zoning changes. Mm-hmm. It's now zoned as office. You can do an office area. You could do multifamily. Um, I'm like, okay. Well, the building's meant to be industrial. I'm like, well, since it closed, like had that business kept operating, they could operate as long as they want. Yeah. As soon as it closes, you open a new business there. It has to comply. Theoretically, we could do a brewery there. Yep. It wouldn't be conditional use. It'd be called unconforming use. Unconforming, yeah. Which I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is even more difficult. Yeah. Semantics. Yeah, not yeah, well, non-conforming. Has- non so it or like, okay, what does that look like? And then they explain the process. I mean, no matter even in the best case scenario, it was going to be a six month process and it was going to be, you know, talking with all the neighbors and it was going to be holding public. Uh, meetings on like, Hey, are you cool with a brewery here in this location? Ultimately, you know, us and the landlord decided that we weren't going to go that route. Um, So that's when we opened up the planning map and we're like, okay, here's what we're doing. You know, we're, here's where we can be. And that puts us into these pockets of industrial there in Bellingham. We are lucky in the fact that we still have some mixed industrial locations that are more or less in neighborhoods which you know i think some neighborhoods haven't been stoked about that because we're popping up in these neighborhood areas Mm -hmm. and bringing in a lot of people that most industrial businesses don't right um you know that's where we're a little different we can also have a tap room so but yes we started looking at the map and so i knew very well everywhere in bellingham that could or couldn't have our use type and we had a real estate agent as well but the space we ended up finding was is less than a mile from my house and i drove by it almost every day i drive by one day and man that's a cool location that's zoned right you know i'm always looking yeah. one day i drive by no sign next door I drive by and there's a sign says like for lease i'm like to call my agent and he's like it's not even listed yet it's not on the market so we were able to jump on really fast and look at it and yeah it was it was funny because i live so close i'm like as we're talking and figuring out like you know, go buy it multiple times a day. And I go back and buy a night and sit in my car and listen to the freeway noise. I'm like, is that gonna be a problem or does it become white noise? And then I'm looking at the traffic I mean, you think you're like, oh, it's kind of like it's off Iowa and it's like a side street. But then you realize how much traffic comes right off the freeway, yeah. goes right under and then goes other neighborhoods or businesses. Holy smokes, there's hundreds and hundreds of cars passing by every hour. This is pretty sweet, yeah. actually, for visibility's sake. So just don't. By the way,
1: who was is, your who is real estate agent? Kirby Jones. Kirby Jones. Huge shout out to Kirby Jones. Yeah, for I know.
0: That space. He's uh, walking it down. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's moved now, but yeah, he was local
1: and uh, real Huge estate agent out. for a long yeah. time. Part of the process, all these people that came together to make this 100. Like, all these different facets happen.
0: Yeah, and it's fun. I mean, talking about that. So, juxt, um yeah. Tap House. Yeah. I don't know if you know Randy or have talked with him, but we were closely intertwined with Jux. Jux also used kirby as real stage and that's how i found Kirby's through randy and so it's cool like we were all intertwined as they were starting their thing we were starting ours and utilizing resources together and stuff and Juxt is an
1: awesome space downtown and it, repurposing the old teriyaki drive through yep. and that's when i got to bellingham was when it was a teriyaki yes drive-thru. absolutely great spot for food and yep and, and, it's gorgeous in there taps and and it's probably uh, the best design in town. Yeah, go right. see Justin over at, at Jackson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. So okay, you get the space. And did you have a vision of having food trucks? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I mean huge props to Colshan in town for really paving the way there. Seriously. I mean, they yeah. it wasn't a new concept, but it was new to Bellingham. You know, they were looking at places like Bend and other big cities that had already done that. But then at the time when Colshan opened 2012, the only models were were brew pub models and so they opened and people were like hmm where if i order where do i order my food and now i gotta order outside and then do they bring it to me do they not by the time we opened eight years later everyone knew no there's no yeah. questions it's like oh yeah cool you got a food truck here what truck is it okay i get it i order here for my food i order here for my beer and yep. we love it food industry is a hard industry and i would Brutal. i don't want to be in it yeah uh, i really love beer and i love
1: people and so we'll do that and we're gonna there's out. a line in the sand i want to be really clear that a lot of the times the service industry gets lumped together and it is all part of one kind of umbrella, but there's, you just drew a line in the sand between the food and beverage. Mm -hmm. And I haven't really heard a lot of people split those apart. I know that they're separate. I know they're different and they operate differently. Tell me a little bit more about like why you have respect for the people that do the restaurant, but why you wouldn't do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just a different business model and really uh, our space and the way we set it up, we think more of ourselves of like a coffee shop. We're the afternoon evening coffee shop. We want to be a place where people can walk in. No one's gonna Come and go. Hey, what do you want? There could be someone sitting at a table for four hours. We yeah. never once are gonna like. We won't even notice. Probably they don't have a drink. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we might go and chat
1: with them, but we're not gonna be like. Hey. They have free Wi Fi. If you've seen yes, the big thing these days is free Wi Fi. Fresh beer. Sam has free Wi Fi and one fresh word. beer. No, fresh yeah. beer is the yeah. password yeah. for the Wi Fi. Oh, fresh beer. Yeah.
0: Well, they do have fresh beer yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, we think of ourselves as this sort of come in you can you're ready to order beer come up to the counter you can order a beer you can come sit down you can meet friends you can bring in outside food which we love especially with cater towards family we love yeah. families and so sometimes you you're just going to make a pb and j for your kid and yourself and you want to just go get a beer and sit down whereas you know it's a different experience at a restaurant you're yeah. you can't really you can't do that and there's obviously really good things about restaurants right. and so but they're just a different feeling and then food trucks on site i mean. That allows that perfect both worlds where they're able to they can have outside customers that don't even buy beer from us yeah. and they're on the corner there and people can just come by from them. But then they're also, you know, have a captive audience of people right. drinking beer and they can go out and it's a really food. good
1: collaborative uh win-win, right? It's really cool because they provide something that you don't provide, yep, but you don't want to do. Yep. And they do it well. Yep. And you can focus on your on your skill set. And
0: I would argue in those scenarios, both companies are better off and make more like are more profitable versus doing it together. together. Yep. Yep. Cause they can just focus on what they're good at and they can just, Hey, this is my little thing and I'm going to be really good at it. Here's my thing and I'm going to be good at it. And sometimes, you know, models just get too complicated. And so outsourcing, it's really nice.
1: It's like that whole concept of mile deep, inch wide versus Mm. mile wide, inch deep, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, you don't need to do everything you can do, but you want to do this thing really well and And they want to do this thing really well. And you can do those things, those two holes in the ground can be right next to each other, right? One hundred percent. Let's let's pivot a little bit to the space you talked about. Can it we being just not use the word pivot anymore. Can we Pivot. Can this we is, be over? Actually, that was a 2020
0: term th- that we is twenty twenty two. Okay, so we're pivoting. No, we're not pivoting. We're moving we're on words. to. I don't know. What, what do yeah. you want to use instead of pivot? Oh man, we're trans. No, transitioning. I, we could. Trans- yeah. He. Healing. I'm still healing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're moving. That's fine. We're just like we're moving on. Direction. Yep.
1: Yeah. We're redirecting. That's a very corporate buzzword that I feel yeah. very safe with. Okay, so we're redirecting. We need safe words. So. At the time that you were just you were just kind of like planning out exactly how you wanted to be. You wanted to be like a coffee shop. You wanted people to come in and be able to bring their family. That's always the big question: is like, do I do? Do I make this like twenty one And do I have this only be for people that want to have a? a mm-hmm. You know, it can be loud, yep. but it's like because of a bunch of like adults are being loud, yep. not because kids are being loud. And you had kids. Yep. Was that part of like your process of like? Did you say you know what? I'm okay missing out on the people that that like only want to go to a place that has beer and they only want to be around adults. Yep. Like what, tell me about that process.
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. I it's interesting. Even early on when I wrote the original business plan as a 21 year old, it still was intended to be family friendly, but I think we doubled down on that as you know, we started with <laughs> a three year old and a nine month old basically is when we started. And so we were right in like early parenthood. And so we were really intentional about changing tables in the bathrooms and open floor plans and just being just really friendly to that. Um, But yeah, you do, there's pros and cons. I would argue that right now, at least the demographic of Bellingham, you have a ton of young families. And so I think that's been really beneficial to us. And we're getting a lot of people that are in that life Stage that are loving an opportunity to come in and bring the whole family. One thing, you know, I love about breweries that make it a lot different than a bar is that one, we, you know, can have kids. Yep. You can choose to be 21 and up, but the license type allows you to have kids if you want to. And so then that changes. It's no longer like, hey, I'm just coming to meet my buddies. And, you know, sometimes bars get the better up, but just you're just coming to get drunk. It's like, no. And there's
1: less pickup lines at breweries. Yes. Yeah. Less cheesy pickup.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You're not going to, Yep, yeah, You're not going to get that. Yeah. You know, when you're, de- like it's a lot more just family friendly environment yep. Yep. and we like that. So people can just come in and just relax and, um, get a day beer and don't feel like they're, you know, an alcoholic sitting at a bar in a dark dingy bar. Yeah. Again, that coffee shop vibe, we have the bright, bright feel, big windows. We don't want people to just feel comfortable and hang out. And, study. And, and you
1: can drink multiple. You can have multiple. You can have multiple. We'll yep. allow it. Yeah. Even totally. you, Derek, you can have multiple. You can
0: have, you can have as many as you want. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, (laughs) not (laughs) as many. We gotta watch. (laughs) That's right. One beer an hour.
1: Well, you don't know, Derek. If he has more than one beer, he might enjoy the location more with more beers. Maybe, yeah, yeah might maybe. not hear the freeway noises. His graph could actually change as he has more beers, as like the location matters less to him.
0: I hope uh Derek like listens to this, but doesn't catch the part when we mention him. Like he just is like later, like who's this Derek they're talking about? <laughs> My name's him. Derek, but are,
1: are you talking about me? Yeah. Which Derek? Yeah, which Derek? Yeah, there's only one Derek that we're specifically talking <laughs> about. So okay, let's talk about the, the relationship with the food trucks. Did you know all the folks? before or yeah you, yeah
0: so since we've opened we've had a couple different trucks yeah. um shout out to sweet as waffles yes
1: absolutely insane the the best and tell me about the new uh the Mexican uh, yeah food truck that came in so delicious uh,
0: yeah Alejandra is who's running that truck yeah um and that was a cool opportunity she was working at our previous Mexican truck and she wanted to start her own thing yeah and she had an opportunity to buy a truck and her son got involved to help her and it was us just a cool opportunity of it was already the person we were working with yeah. and she, we were able to kind of support her in that and she's making awesome food yeah um, so good and she's doing, yeah, just some things that are different that you don't see at trucks. And she just, we talked today and she's going to have a special with like this wet burrito. It's like basically enchilada burrito. It looks amazing. Sounds, and sounds horrible. So. so no, I'm just kidding. It yeah, sounds amazing. That's right. Oh yeah, you can't have the.
1: No, I can't. No, uh, she, corn tortillas. Yeah, okay, that's right. You can do corn. And she has something my wife got. And my wife at this point was like six months pregnant and very happy. Yeah. Um, It was like, I think it was like a quesadilla, but it Is had it like. Quesadillas? Like Quesadillas? Berrias? I can't say. I can't what, roll my arm. That parts. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, so it's like a yeah, go get one of those. It's
0: uh yeah, Case Quesa Berilla? Del B- yeah. yeah, they're uh it's a pulled beef that's like uh melted cheese and yeah. you dip it in this um what is the Consume, yeah uh, like beef broth it's yeah. awesome
1: go get just go get, yeah, just go
0: get it yeah get yeah so we have uh right now it's sweet as waffles and then uh T- tepo's Teco. tacos Teco. del tepo's taco
1: yes awesome food. sweet as waffles how did yep. you meet them
0: they were kind of friends of one of our beer tenders and we started seeing them um post on instagram as they were building out and so they met with us um we met a couple months before they were ready and said hey we're looking for a permanent spot and you know could this be the right fit one thing that we from day one wanted and and looked for was a permanent truck so we we've never done the rotating model i think it's great but it's a ton of management and it's you know as a new brewery it's kind of hard to get in there's x amount of trucks and a lot of the trucks right now the good ones at least when we opened they all had the rotation and so i started emailing some of them and just nothing because they all were like man we don't we're good you know yeah. and so then we're like okay maybe a permanent and so working with a track that's just
1: there six seven days a week um it's pretty sweet all around and they're delicious yep the savory and sweet fed both and my lovely pregnant wife also really enjoys sweet as waffles yeah, I, so. I bet and you the cool part my is, kids you, drink, is, they love every it. time yeah we can't get go there without it and they have gluten-free waffles yeah i haven't had those and you love dinosaur on top yeah the dinosaur is a good touch so you and the cool part is you could do a sweet and savory waffle or you can go eat mexican food and then have a a sweet waffle yep so it's a cool it's a good combo very interesting but cool blend yep or if you're there like what we often do is yeah we get
0: our kids a kid's quesadilla and we get tacos and then we get a savory or
1: yeah sweet waffle that the kids share at the end some dillas and some tacos yeah i love it let's talk about the thing that we not covid I'm just going to let everyone know that we're not pivoting. We're going pivot to gonna pivot back to a COVID pivot <laughs> COVID let's talk a little bit about social media. It goes back to the first thing we talked about, which was the branding part, which I'm really fascinated with how, like growing an audience. We all want to, we all want to have that in-person experience. That's, I think that's the most important part, but the part of the in-person experience is drawing people in like with what you represent. How did you build that social media following uh, 6,500 people on yep. earth?
0: Yeah. Sometimes we look at that number and in ways like we're stoked by that because it's obviously, you know, we started at one. So it's like, yeah. And then other ways we look at other breweries and we're like, oh man, how can we get to that next level? How can we get to 10,000 or 15,000? But one thing I'm really happy about is our, the 6,500 followers that we do have are mostly local and they're really engaged. yeah so, I mean, the interesting thing about social media is it's instant gratification. I mean, we'll put 11 o'clock, tapping new beer today, delivery delay IPA, come and get it. And 1110, someone's like, Hey, I hear you got a new beer today. Yeah, Like they were like already on their way or whatever. They live across the street and they're like, huh, yeah. new beer today. I'm going to go check it out. So it's amazing how engaged you can get people on yeah. social media. When we started seeing that and how like instant from like, Hey, we got something new to people buying it um, or showing up to be there to be part of it. We really started doubling down and focusing more on it. And, you know, it can be a challenge to it's a lot of work to run, but, um, we try to put out some fun content and we mix to like, we're talking about new products we're doing and try to take some really sweet photos. And Alex uh, Powell does all that for us. Mm-hmm. And he's absolutely amazing. Um, we also try to mix in like just what's going on in the community. And we try to shout out our regulars that are awesome. You know, we have a beer club that we try to, f- uh, feature on our socials when we can. And,
1: yeah, it's a cool platform to just communicate what's going on you see a lot of local businesses here in bellingham do it really really well yep. show authentically who they are mm-hmm. tell me about that line of being like once you grow to like there's like on one side of the line let's say on the left side of the line there's there's fluff yep. and on the right side of the line there's like tr- like really raw authentic stuff so like yep. how do you find that like middle of the spectrum of like hey we don't want to tell people like how today was an awful day again. yeah totally but like, this is my real day.
0: Yep. Yeah. There's interesting. I think every business finds their own, like sort of where they fit into that. And I think they gain people because of who they are, you know? And I, I think we sort of, we kind of play in the middle. I think in general, we tend to be pretty focused on what we're doing and what we're making, but then we try to, you know, shout out to our staff and shout out to our customers. We won't necessarily post some of the nitty gritty of like, you know, you know, this happened to us and versus other businesses, I think do that and it is awesome like it's you can feel that raw emotion and and really i think that helps draw people to you mm-hmm. i think you know our long-term vision is trying to make this brand that is you know localized but then also you know we're growing a bit and so we're trying to be pretty consistent with just brand image and yep. everything on social media and we're trying to talk we always talk as like stemma you don't it won't we, we right, yeah right. And it's like us and so you can't tell i mean At any given point, it's, I could have posted it, Alex could have posted it, my wife could have posted it over our thirty years. Most of everything now is Alex, you know, it's gonna transition. My wife's gonna be doing a lot more of it coming forward, but we still try to have a voice and we talk about that. We go like, Hey, how did this sound? Should we reword so it all kind of sounds the same. Mm -hmm. So we often won't necessarily speak as like, Hey, Jason saying this, we have, you know, if we're like shouting out to staff or something, we'll maybe talk more personal,
1: but. So you talk about future vision and in three years, Three years. About yep. three years. Celebrated did, three years in June. Did three year yeah. anniversary in June. Well, yeah. you know what? I'm going to have a little bit more of this. Yeah, more We're going to cheers to three years. Three years. Cheers. cheers to three years. Wow. Cheers. Cheers, man. For us. Yeah. So three years. A lot's happened in three years. Things have exponentially grown. Yep. Things have caught momentum. And we've talked a lot about like how that all happened. But you know, going forward for you, yeah. what are some of the big things that you want to accomplish? What do you want to see happen with your brand? I wish I had this like great answer and I
0: hope someday I will, but I, we're right in that point of where we're figuring that out right now, Kim and I are meeting way more than we have been and just talking about the business and what do we want it to be? And where do we want it to go? Because our original business plan was three years and we've hit it and we're really happy with that. And now we're like, okay, now what does the next three to five years look like? And so it's still, um, we're still figuring out that out. But a couple of things I can tell you. So quality beer is always the number one thing I talk about. Um, And so that's like any growth we make, as long as quality doesn't um, get affected, then I'm happy with it. We got to make sure we're still making the best beer possible as we grow and not sacrificing that. And so that's something I'm keeping a pulse on. And then we are growing. So we just, we signed a lease recently on the space directly. Same side of the road, still on the freeway, terrible location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we're cable Cablecom. Is it a was. worse location? Probably. Probably it's worse. on Iowa. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> it flooded. It flooded last year. So oh. we're taking over a flooded but that was, you know, I'm a statistics guy, yeah. so that was thirty year flood. Well was it thirty? 30 that was the yeah, you worst know, flood you know I'm in a sales guy
1: is because I said it was a 500 year
0: flood. Oh, yeah, yeah 500. Yeah,
1: that is doom and gloom. <laughs> sure,
0: I, I'll take yeah. it if it never floods again yeah. in my lifetime. But uh, so we're taking over the space next door, which um, you know, somewhat fell into our lap and it was an opportunity of hey, we can grow our existing business exactly where we're at. And yeah. so our goals there is increased increase parking, increase some outdoor seating, increase beer production, whole spot behind
1: the gate. Yeah, so yeah, my truck would love that. Yes, my so we're,
0: we're looking we'll add at least 30 parking spots over the next 6 months which by the time this puts out we'll probably already have some. Yep. We're going to triple our warehouse space so we're still trying to figure out how to utilize that. We've uh we're buying a used canning line as of today. We put a deposit on a canning line, so we'll have that in house. Yep. And yeah, so we're we're just making those incremental steps to um increase the brand and increase our space to make it more comfortable and, and quality. It. Quality at the forefront.
1: I love it. Big question. There's 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 other people out there that have ideas and mm-hmm. good ideas probably and maybe don't have experience or maybe they lack something. Everyone lacks something. Yep. You can't not lack something. Yep. What would you what kind of advice would you give to the person that's like, hey, I've got this idea. I know business plan is probably gonna be a part
0: of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But what exactly. would you like? What's
1: your, you know, entrepreneur to future entrepreneur advice?
0: Figure out what you don't know. Yeah. Try to figure out what you don't know. Cause I mean, that's what catches people off guard you know, especially if it's an industry that you're not fully wrapped up in, you just don't know what there is to know. So I think that's one area where working in the industry for as long as I did was really helpful as I figured out, you know, what there was to know and what I don't know. And there's still, I'm figuring out, like, didn't realize that was zoning, right? Yep. Didn't even realize that was the thing. Um, I wish I, you know, I would have had more guidance on that. But so I think that would be it. Just try to do as much research in the subject as you can and ask the questions of like, Meet with business owners and go. What caught you off guard? You know, where did you fail early on? And we did that too, and that was helpful. We met with a good dozen business owners over a couple week period, right as we were launching our business. Of like, hey, give us our your advice. What yeah. would you've done better? What would you've done differently? Surprisingly,
1: it comes really easy. Like, oh, oh God, yeah, one problem. Yeah, totally. Let me tell you about yeah. I mean, people yeah. are pretty yeah. easy to tell
0: you how they screwed up, yeah. and you'll still you'll make a bunch of different mistakes, but. Um, I think as much as you can figure that out early on and then just I don't know, go for it. I strongly believe in business. You got to go all in. I think I see some businesses where I'm like, man, if only that person would get rid of their other day job and just focus on what they're doing, I think you just got to go for it because I think it's, it shows sometimes when it's like, oh, this is like really sweet. But you can tell he's still doing ten other things over here. And it's just like do what you want to do and do it well.
1: Yeah, it's simple. It's, but it's it's hard and easy yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I, hate, I didn't want to say it i said pivot <laughs> yeah simple not easy simple, yeah 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 okay i'm gonna throw something out here because i don't know if it's just my mom listening to this
0: my mom's gonna listen to it let's go what's I, your
1: mom's name allison Allison, she thank she you for always
0: this. is one of the first. Like I'll like won't even know something gets published, but, like I just heard you on the podcast, and you were
1: so good. Like how'd you? I'm find like oh, thank you, mom. She's, like, she's on Stitcher or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, we yeah, totally. like I don't even know how to get to Stitcher. Yeah, she always yeah. lets me
0: know So she'll let me know when this gets published. Cool, because she'll listen to
1: it first. And I think my parents will also let me know. But <laughs> okay, if there are other people, which I do yep. believe they are out there, okay. I've met some of them randomly out on the town. If you listen to this and you message the Building Million Podcast and you mention the episode, like hey, I love. The episode i'll buy you a beer Sweet. at stemma
2: okay tiffany here with some terms and conditions this episode dropped on october 21 2022 so we'll honor this offer for the first three months this episode is out there in the world until january 21
1: 2023 that's awesome so if you're listening mom you can have more than a half beer yes. no but actually i will i yeah, will do full, that so message our, our instagram uh the building volume mm-hmm. instagram sounds good sound good we'll get them a beer cool jason that's easy dude thanks for coming and joining us and we have a little bit left to to finish here we got if, it if we need to call you an uber we'll call you an uber everyone can have a or you can sleep in your van out there which is fine i got I won't, space. i won't call johnson's on you <laughs> out there um but thank you so much for joining us and yeah, absolutely and sitting down and this is episode two of Sweet. season four episode i always have to look at tiffany because yeah. i don't even know we're just going
0: that's awesome but, love uh, it thanks yeah, for having we,
1: me yeah we appreciate you man and we appreciate all that you do for our community so thanks for joining us thank you
2: Building Bellingham is a community podcast exploring leadership, challenges, failure, and mindset with entrepreneurs right here in Whatcom County, Washington. You can be the first to hear about upcoming guests by subscribing to the Building Bellingham Facebook or Instagram pages, as well as the Building Bellingham YouTube channel. This episode was produced and edited by Tiffany Holden. Our videography is done by Cooper Hansley. Community projects are by Taylor Beal. To learn more about the team behind the podcast and to download our media kit, check out our website at www.livebellinghamnow.com or search Cohen Group NW on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or LinkedIn. From the whole Building Bellingham podcast team, thank you for listening.